Hey, this is Dr. Evans Kariuki. Welcome to Firebrand Nation. Your life will never be the same as you go through these teachings. These are teachings for soul winners. Here at Firebrand Nation, we believe that we are called to reach one soul every second. This podcast is designed for soul winners who hunger and thirst to see the lost come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God has been so good to us. God has been faithful. God has been good to each and every one of us. We continue. We continue on day three of Apex teaching and training on soul winning. And today is a very critical day because yesterday we spoke about uh, destiny and decision. So if you need to go back and watch those, that teaching, please make sure you do so. We talked about destiny and decision and the fall of man. And we talked about how man lost authority, how man lost authority. Our objective is still to understand the eternal state, why it's important to focus on eternity, why it's important to realize that man was created as an eternal being and man was meant to live forever, but something very wrong happened. Let us keep moving forward with the teaching. Decision versus destiny. It was a decision that caused Adam to give up his authority. It was a decision that caused Adam to give up his authority. After Adam and Eve sinned and gave up their authority, they they that they, they had a covenant and now they shifted the covenant and now had a covenant with the devil the thing about humanity is this and mankind you and i will serve somebody you will serve something the question is who are you going to serve so adam and eve were serving god's purpose but they gave that up and now began serving the purpose of the serpent. And after all that, anyone who was born after Adam, remember God told Adam, replenish the earth. So anyone who was born after Adam was affected by this covenant and by this promise. Anyone who came after was now affected by the promise. So you find animals that saw the earth being cursed, that saw the, the trees being cursed. They began wondering what's going on. The lion began to say, why, why do I feel like biting a deer? Why do I feel like biting a gazelle? The animals began to wonder, why, why are my enemies now? Why are we enemies now? The gazelle. Why am I afraid of the lion now? It's because wickedness and evil had begun to increase on the earth. That is why the Bible says the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Because when the sons of God were on the earth, there was peace, there was unity, there was oneness, and there was gladness on the earth. So after the fall of man, in came sickness, disease, 
poverty, the murder of children in abortion, drunkenness, deception, all evil was now instilled in the DNA of man. Every evil deed and every evil thought was now in the heart of man because of who he was in covenant with. Because of who he was now in covenant with. The Bible says when Adam and Eve fell, they would have the knowledge of good and evil. What does the word knowledge mean? The intimacy. They would be intimate with good and evil. So man encountered in their DNA what evil is. Before the fall, Adam produced like God. God was righteous. But after the fall, now Adam produced like his new father, produced like the devil. He produced, the Bible says you are your father, the devil. He produced wickedness and the reward of sin is death. God is a righteous God. The devil is an evil, evil devil. And now Adam had a new father and the seed of the father was being passed down to the next generation. At that point, Adam, now according to Romans 14, verse 23, he now realized he's naked. God had departed from him. And for the first time, he felt the chill of the breeze. That, that scripture in Genesis is so shocking. Adam had never felt how wind feels to blow over you, how chilly, cold, heat, warmth, never felt it. All he felt was the presence of God. Before he sinned, the presence surrounded him. But now Adam began to feel how it feels to be cold, how it feels to be hot. And then after the curse, he began to feel how it feels to feel pain. The Bible says thorns and thistles. Imagine the first time Adam was poked by a thorn and he felt pain. My God, what is this I'm feeling? He had never felt it. Imagine the first night that Adam spent alone and realized that the animals, the nature itself, is now attacking Adam. You know, we were born in this sin-ridden world. But think about Adam that first night. My God, I don't think him and Eve spoke for a couple of days just wondering what's happening to us. Imagine Adam telling his wife, the other day I touched a tree and it poked me. The thorns poked me. He didn't even understand what being poked by thorns means. Imagine the first time Adam stepped on a stone and, and it cut him and he bled. What does it mean to bleed? What is this thing? Adam, now, according to Romans 14, 23, anything that Adam does, he has to do by faith. Because what is not of faith is sin. Sin has surrounded him all around. And Adam finds himself at this state of 
despair. So Psalms 51 verse 5, David says, I was born or I was shaped in iniquity. I want you to understand this. Sin is not something you happened to do. Sin is something you were born in. Sin is something that was transferred from your mother to you in your bloodline. Sin, sin, the seed of sin came from Adam all the way down to us today. We are not sinners because we commit sin. We commit sin because we are sinners. I'm going to repeat that again. We are not sinners because we commit sin. We commit sin because we are sinners. Adam was not sinful. It was just because, or sorry, the generation of Adam was not sinful because of their action. They were born in, in sin or in iniquity. Did my mother conceive me? Born in sin. So even if you lived a life where you're like, Bishop, I never did anything. I, I, I was good all through my high school years. I was an obedient child. There is something on the inside that still causes us to be sinners. The Bible says, what is not of faith or not done in faith is sin. That is sin. So what is sin? Sin is the striking hand of a wife beater, the lying tongue of a false witness, the grip of a child molester, corruption, sin, empty promises, sin, a destruction of the body that God gave us, sin, the pulling out of a baby from the belly, sin. But sin is also that child that has to sleep hungry because of this sin-ridden world. Sin is anything that is not done in faith. And do you know something about sin? We all have sin in common. Isaiah chapter, 69, chapter uh, 59 verse 2 says this, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sin have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. So we've all sinned, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born in sin. We were all shaped in iniquity. But what has sin done? The greatest sin, the greatest thing that sin has done is separated us from God. The number one thing that sin does is separate humanity from God. Because God is a holy God. And as a holy God, he cannot and will not intermingle with sin. Isaiah 59 verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not short that he cannot save. Neither is his, his ear heavy 
that he cannot hear. But your iniquity or your sins have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies and your tongue has muttered perverseness. Never forget this. God is a righteous God and he will not stand in the midst of sin. Well, what does that mean? It means that sin has to be and must be dealt with. Write that down. Sin must be dealt with. God never leaves sin unaddressed. Sin must be dealt with. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, you know, when you talk about sin, people are so nice, so nice. They don't want to say someone is a sinner. They don't want, oh, oh pastor, they're just a bad person who doesn't know how to make good, good choices. No, no, no. They are sinners. Sinners. Before you were born again, you are a sinner. You're not a bad person. You were born in sin. That's why you must be born again. We were not bad people. The reason why we have false conversions, the reason why we have unbelieving believers in the church, Christians who think they are saved and yet they are so far from salvation is because they don't know they were sinners. They never knew the depths of their sin. Sin must be dealt with. It must be dealt with. Sin must be addressed. The issue of sin must be dealt with. Look at Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13. The Bible says, therefore, my people are gone into captivity. My people are gone into captivity. My people are gone into captivity. Because of sin, we are slaves to drugs. Because of sin, we are slaves to, to addictions. Because of sin, we are, we are bound to our own passions. Because of sin, my God, we must leave this conference with such a hate for sin and such a detest for what the devil did. What the devil did. Look at this. The Bible says, I have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, the Bible says, hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoices shall descend into it. Hell has opened her mouth wider and hell has opened her mouth without measure without measure without measure open her mouth 
then the Bible says the multitude, the multitude, the, their glory, their glory, their multitude, their pomp, and he that rejoices, descend therein. What does hell has opened her mouth mean? Hell continues to enlarge day by day, night by night. There's always more space. They are running out of space and it continues to enlarge as humanity falls into that wicked pit we call hell. The Bible says their glory, their glory. What is their glory? Our, our superstars, the people we think are, 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 are great people or glorious people. How many people, the, the biggest trending people, the most famous people are on their way to hell. If you look at Hollywood today, you realize that majority of Hollywood does not confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you look at the presidents, you look at the people in power, they are the biggest anti-Christ men and women. Their glory, the people who are considered the prompt, the great, the famous, are quickly plunging into this pit we call hell. And the Bible says they rejoice. We celebrate them as they are going to hell, riding in your car, listening to Beyonce, listening to, to Nicki Minaj, listening to whatever, whatever artists, celebrating them as they're going to hell. They're not bad people. They are sinners in need of a savior. And stop lying to yourself that humanity is on its way to heaven. The Bible says, for all have sinned. We were all born in iniquity. We're all born in iniquity. My God, the other day we went soul winning and you ask everybody if they're saved. They say, yeah, me, I'm saved. But if you look at their life, there's no fruit worthy of repentance. What are you saved from? What are you delivered from? What, what has saved you? So men rejoice as they are on their way to hell. Rejoicing on their way to hell. Clapping, celebrating, happy on their way to hell. Singing songs, being glad on their way to hell. Lord, help us. One thing that separates us from God, all men, black, white, African, American, Chinese, Japanese, Asian, Indian, everybody has sin. And if you have sin, hell is waiting. Hell waits. Hell waits. Let me talk to somebody. You know, there's there, there some of, I don't know, there's this deception. There's some of us who are just nice people, just nice people. We don't think evil exists in anybody. And we cannot get our mind to think that evil exists. So you raise your children 
thinking they are all just nice children because, oh, they used to be so cute when they were young. Do you know if you don't raise your children with a gospel consciousness, conscious of the gospel, and what's gospel consciousness? Gospel consciousness is to realize you're a sinner from the point of birth in need of a savior. If you don't raise your children with an awareness that they need a savior, when they become teenagers, they are no longer seem conscious and they lose themselves and they never have an awakening that what they're doing is sin. When was the last time you spoke to children about the wickedness of their heart? When was the last time you told them, you know, you're not born again because I'm saved? Being, be, me being saved causes you to be born in a, in, a, in a Christian home. But salvation is a choice of your own. Don't leave it to the preacher. Don't, don't think that your children are just good people. That, oh, oh, that's just a nice person. It's not about nice and bad. This is about the sickness of humanity. And the sickness of humanity is sin. 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 So men and women, the famous, Hollywood, trending, the multitude, the prop, are on their way to hell, and hell continues to enlarge. What is hell? What is hell? Hell is a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, Matthew 25, 30. Hell is a place of utter darkness. You need to memorize the scriptures. Matthew 23, 22, 13. Hell is a place of eternal torment, Luke 16, 23. Hell is a place of sorrow. 2 Samuel 22, 26. Hell is a place of everlasting destruction. 2 Thessalonians 1, 9. Hell is a place where men are tormented with fire and brimstone. Revelation 21, 8. Hell is a place where the fire is never quenched. Mark 9, 44. Hell is the bottomless pit without end. You're falling and always falling without an end. Revelation 9, 2. Hell is a place of no rest for your soul. No rest for the weary. Revelation 14, 11. Hell is a place called the ultimate lake of fire. You open your mouth, fire comes in. You open your eyes, fire comes in. The, the place called hell is so wicked that men are given a body. A body. You're given a body fit for destruction. You're given a body that was made for destruction. Hell, hell. Wonder why many preachers don't preach about it. My God, if you knew somebody was going to a place like this, if you just had eternity in mind, if you realize that one day, the next person you're going to talk to today will spend their life either in heaven or in hell. One of the heathens, I put the quote up last Sunday. 
a heathen said, if you had the answer, why would you keep it to yourself? If you knew eternal life was possible, why wouldn't you tell them? What is the greatest work of Christian living? What is the greatest, what is the apex, the hinge point, the frat, the, the fulcrum of our Christian existence? To evangelize and advance the gospel and tell men that they don't have to die and go to hell. Hell is the place of unsatisfied desires. Do you know how it feels to have unsatisfied desires? It's tormenting. Luke chapter 16, verse 24. But hell is the place of unsatisfied desires. Unsatisfied. The Bible says all the desires that you had and the tormenting spirits that men had on this earth will be you. You'll still have those desires but you will not be able to satisfy them. Let me, let me just get a drop of water on my tongue. Let me just get one drop, one dip of water on my tongue, but it never comes. And every minute, every moment, you still desire it. You know, if the desire went away, it would, it would not be tormenting. But the torment is the fact that you still desire it. In hell, you have no saliva. In hell, you have no blood. In hell, your eyes don't water. Imagine to cry but never tear. Never tear. Hell is nothing to joke with. Nothing. Hell is the place where men search for death. They search. Oh, oh, living your best life. Living your best life. In hell, men search for death and can't find it. Revelation chapter nine, verse six. Men search for death. Hell is a place of memories. In hell, you remember. That is why I said on Sunday, if you have a friend who is not saved and you're in heaven and they're in hell, they will remember you. They will know you, they will remember you and they'll ask you, why didn't you tell me? Why? Why, did, why didn't you even take a minute to tell me? Hell is a place of memories. Memories. You remember everything. Hell is a place where men will hear my voice. Hear my voice. Hear my voice. And remember the preaching of the gospel. And remember how they were irritated by it. Remember how they said, oh, oh this, this preacher just preaches. For too long. Why do we have to have another prayer? Why do we have to have another fasting? Why? In hell, you'll wish we fasted more. They'll wish we prayed more. They'll wish the preacher preached for one more hour, one more day. Preach on, preacher. And save men from hell. The reason why we do these things is we have no focus of eternity. We have no focus of eternity. No focus. The greatest thing and the most wicked thing about hell is that we are separated from God. But wait, 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 wait. 
Tell your neighbor it's not over. It's not over. Tell your neighbor, thank God it's not over. Sin may separate humanity from God, but sin never separates humanity from God's love. Make sure you write that down. Sin may separate humanity from God, but sin will never separate humanity from God's love. Sin may make God be separated from us, but his love is always, will always be with us. Church, the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. You know, God did not make getting out of hell so complicated. The Bible does not say whoever knows the most scriptures. The Bible does not say whoever fasts the most. The Bible does not say whoever prays the most. The Bible does not say whoever intercedes and seeks God the most. No, the Bible says whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 8 verse 35 to 39. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. You inhale the love of God is there. And the mountaintop, the love of God is there. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hell was never made for humanity. Hell was never made for humanity. The Bible says this in Matthew 25, verse 41. The Bible says, then he will say also to those on his left. You know, people say, how does God hate man so much? and put them in hell. Hell was never made for man. Look at this, Matthew 25, 41. The Bible says, then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed ones, into eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was never made for us. But guess what? There was a place that was made for us. Because in John chapter 14, verse 2, the Bible says, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. Can you celebrate that God has thought about us and has prepared a place for you? Tell somebody next to you. Tell someone on this great uh, Zoom call that God has prepared a place for you. And that place is not hell. God has prepared a place for the drug addict. God has prepared a place for the alcoholic. There is rehab beyond rehab. There is deliverance beyond deliverance. God has prepared a place for the wife beater, for the drunkard, for the abuser, for Hitler if he accepts, for every man and woman on this earth. God has prepared a place for us and for that reason, we must preach the gospel. We must tell humanity 
that you cannot stay lost in your destruction. You don't have to die and go to hell. You don't have to stay lost in your sin. Can you lift up your voice for just 10 seconds and tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for John 3.16. For God so loved the world. You loved us in our sin. You loved us in our fallen state. You loved us in our mistakes. You loved us when we were at our worst state. You loved us. Loved us. God loved us. Heaven. What is heaven? We've talked about hell enough. What is heaven? Heaven is a place of the shout. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. John chapter 14, verse 2. Heaven is a place of many mansions. Many mansions. You may live in a box on this earth, but there is a mansion prepared for you if you are born again. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. Heaven is a city of divine order. It's Mount Zion, a city of authority, a city of divine order. Heaven is a place of many nations shouting together. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 to 10. Many nations shout. Many nations speak. Heaven is a place where there is no hunger. There is no thirst. There is no sun. There is no heat. There is no cold. There is no heart. Heaven is the place, according to Revelation chapter 7, verse 15 to 17, where you cry no more, you sorrow no more. Heaven is the place of joy everlasting. And the shepherd of that city is Jesus Christ. Revelation 11, 9, heaven is the place where the ark of the covenant is forever dwelling, showing us the presence of God. Revelation 21, 9, Heaven is a place where there are precious stones, the most beautiful jewels, the most beautiful stones are there. Revelation 21, 22. Revelation 21, 21, I love it. Heaven is a place of 12 gates, a place of 12 pearls, a place where the streets are made of pure gold. Heaven is the place where you can come in and come out. But hell has one entrance and no exit. Can we thank God that heaven is the place of beautiful gates? Heaven is the place, according to Revelation 22, verse 2, where the trees are for the healing of the nations. Heaven is the place where the rivers bring life. How do you know the river come alive? The trees come alive. The the the, the ground comes alive. Heaven, beautiful place. Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. Man can finally eat from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. Why can they finally eat from that tree? So that they can live for eternal life. They can live forever. Forever without sin. Forever with the Lamb of God. Forever with God himself. Heaven is that beautiful place. But do you know what the most beautiful thing about heaven is? Revelation 22, verse 4 to 5. In heaven, we shall see Jesus face to face. 
Oh, in heaven, we shall see him face to face. Heaven, we shall be with him, not for a minute, not for an hour, not for a day, but for eternity. We shall be with him. How beautiful heaven must be. How wonderful heaven must be. Church, if you believe a place like this existed, what greater work do you have to do? What is more important? What is more important? What else do you have to do on this earth? Apart from tell people about heaven. Apart from let people know that Jesus is alive. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your redemption. Lord, if there be any amongst us who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Lord, don't let them spend one more day in fear of hell. Lord, today we welcome you into our hearts. We say we believe that Jesus is alive and he died for our sins. And we thank you, my Father, that you've redeemed us and saved us from this wicked sin that we were born with. It's not even about our actions. It's that we were born in sin. And we thank you for the blood. Thank you for salvation. Lord, we ask you to give everyone a zeal and a burden for the work of the cross. Let them be passionately zealous to see men and women make it to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. I truly believe you have been blessed. If you have enjoyed this episode and would like to join Firebrand Nation, the movement, connect with us on social media at Firebrand Nation. Go to our website at www.firebrandnation.com. Remember, alone I'm a flame. Together we are a fire. Like, share, and distribute this so that others could be blessed. God bless you.